You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site, on the fan side of network. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, the Timberwolves lost Chris Finch's head coaching debut on Tuesday in Milwaukee. It was an entertaining game for the first quarter and about three quarters or quarter and two thirds, if you will, the first, I don't know, 18 or so, 20 minutes of the game. And then the wheels fell off and it was rather uninspired the rest of the way for the Timberwolves. So I want to talk about what went well, what didn't, uh, what the Wolves did offensively, especially early in the game when when uh, it was close and what was working because the Wolves had, I mean, they, they hit 60 points by about the midway point in the second quarter in this one. Um, so I, I want to talk all things offense in this one. Also, some of the defensive issues, the lapses the Wolves had, the unfortunately lack of effort in, in Chris Finch's first game as coach at, at times on de, on defense. Um, and then we'll talk about individual studs and duds as well as a quick peek ahead to Wolves Bulls on Wednesday. That's right. Chris Finch gets to coach two games in about 48 or excuse me, two games in about 24 hours in his first 48 hours on the job. So um, a pretty full show today, but I want to do open. I do want to open with Wolves bucks. Um, so we'll get to that here in just a second. First, so a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes. You can follow on Spotify. Um, you can also follow on Twitter at locked on T wolves. That's at locked on T wolves and, uh, at B beacon two B's two E's C K E N on Twitter. All right. Uh, let's talk wolves bucks. So the Timberwolves actually opened this game with a steady diet of pick and rolls. And, and Chris Finch had said in his intro press conference, I believe it was on Monday, that pick and roll was going to be part of what they did, but it's kind of a change of pace and it's not necessarily going to be, you know, it's too predictable if they do it every time down the floor. Well, basically the majority of the first quarter was just a steady diet of pick and rolls and it mostly worked for the Timberwolves. They mixed in some, um, you know, a few, a few pin downs here and there from Malik Beasley. Um, they tried to free up Anthony Edwards a couple of times. There was one set that they ran uh, twice where Edwards got the ball in the wing after the initial uh, screen between Towns and Rubio. And then Edwards was dumping the ball into the post to Towns or passing to Beasley coming off the screen on the other side of the court. And other than that, that was pretty much a steady diet of straight pick and rolls. And it mostly worked. The Wolves defense was okay early in the game. Malik Beasley got beat badly a couple of times. Anthony Edwards wasn't fighting through screens. And, and that became a recurring theme later in the night. But for the most part, the Wolves defense was okay early. The Wolves were actually ahead late in the first and ended up um, only being down two at the end of the first quarter. The Wolves also tried to work in a couple of early post-ups for Towns. There were a couple of times on the floor where they literally just, Towns ran right to the block and Rubio threw him the ball. Um, and he was, and he he scored in the post. Um, and then the Bucks started to bring a double. Towns had a couple of really nice cross-court assists. He had three assists in the first quarter. He actually had four assists before 
the 11 minute mark of the second quarter. So in the first 13 minutes of the game, Towns had four assists and also had a few buckets himself. Um, the Wolves also tried using some flare screens to free Malik Beasley. A couple of times it worked. Um, there was a time where there was a, a bad turnover. Towns just kind of fumbled the ball um, and didn't get it clean and, and get it over to Beasley. Um, but it was similar action. It was a high screen and roll. And then, uh, and then Towns would would uh, rescreen and set a flare screen for, for Beasley. Um, and Beasley was hot. He made his first four shots, first three, three point attempts. Um, and then the wolves kept trying to feed him the ball, but the bucks, the bucks kind of figured out what Minnesota was trying to do. And the wolves didn't execute extremely well either. Um, in fact, in the second quarter of this game, the wolves, so with Jordan McLaughlin in the game, Rubio was on the bench with foul, with, uh, with foul trouble. Um, the wolves didn't run a single pick and roll in the second quarter until the six minute mark. When Rubio came back into the game that I don't believe Jordan McLaughlin ran a single pick and roll while he was in the game. And at least in his first stint in the first half of the game, um, Rubio comes back in midway through the second quarter. They run a couple more pick and rolls. They got towns, a couple of open three point looks that he actually, he missed both of them. Um, they got towns, um, rolling to the basket a couple of times. He had, he had an and one, actually I think two and ones in the second quarter. Um, and that action was working. And then suddenly things broke down defensively and the wolves just couldn't keep pace on offense. In fact, Minnesota is with within a single point with five and a half minutes left in the second quarter of this one. Um, and, and they actually got a turnover. Anthony Edwards was coming down court with the head of steam, tried to pass the ball ahead, uh, a tough bounce pass for Jared Vanderbilt. And I mean, Vanderbilt doesn't have the greatest hands in the world anyway, and it wasn't a great pass. And, uh, and it was a turnover. Wolves never got within a point again, the rest of the game. It was from that point on the bucks went on a big run. They finished the the first half on a 12 0 run that extended into a 16 0 run, uh, past halftime into the third quarter. The wolves went almost five minutes of game time without scoring between the end of the second quarter and the beginning of the third. And things just went completely downhill from there. They tried to do more of the same offensively towns only scored six points. Um, when the game was still in the balance in the second half, Beasley, didn't do much after the first quarter. I mean, he had an overall good game and his final line was good. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but the Bucks just started to disrupt things defensively, which everyone knows they can. The Bucks are a really good defensive team, but the Wolves scored almost at will early in the game. And, and I don't know if it's because the Bucks were bored and they weren't taking the Wolves seriously. That probably had something to do with it. Uh, but Minnesota's offense was simple and and they were executing it. It was um, it wasn't anything elaborate. We only saw a handful of those possessions where Towns ended up in a five out set where he was kind of in a almost in a, you know, a mid post type 20 feet or so from the basket operating like uh, like the Nuggets do with Jokic. There were a handful of possessions like that. Where the, where the Wolves tried to get back cuts for Beasley going to the rim and tried to spring shooters free uh, that, that Towns could you know operate basically as the fulcrum of the offense, as Jokic does in Denver. They did a little of it. They didn't do a lot of it. Um, and it was mostly successful. I mean, Towns finished this game with 11 assists, and we haven't seen that in a long time from Cat. Um, so that portion of the game was, was great. Um, the defense, not so much. That's what I want to get into next. And also some some weird things that happened, again, really mostly on the defensive end of the floor. There were some serious problems defensively in this one, but but weird things that don't always happen. And I don't know if that's a if it was a scheme thing, if it was a lack of preparation thing, if it had anything to do with Finch only being on the job for roughly 24 hours before this game. I, mean, I suppose this would have been David Vanterpool's assignment as the defensive coordinator or whoever, whichever assistant coach may have had the scout for the Bucks. But there were some weird things that the Wolves did in this one that that didn't obviously didn't work out. They lost by 27. Um, so we'll get to all that next. First, so let's talk about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And this week, it's Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns had a fantastic week for the Wolves, even before 
Um, he had a, a, a double double, a point assist double double against the Bucks. Um, over the past three games in the last week on the calendar, Towns has averaged 25.3 points per game, 12.7 rebounds, three assists, 2.3 blocks, and a steal over the last three games, shot 35% from beyond the arc and 50% from the field. He clearly is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, and Towns is starting to play with more joy. He's starting to play with more happiness. We're starting to see more of a spring in Carl Anthony Towns' step uh, before the coaching change and then certainly after the coaching change as well on Wednesday against the Bucks, or excuse me, on Tuesday against the Bucks. Um, again, joy, happiness, enjoyment. It's all coming back for Carl Anthony Towns after his most recent absence. Um, and frankly, a lot of changes around him, but but he still is bringing it every night of the week. And we've seen that, especially over the past week. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Carl Anthony Towns is this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Today on the Lockdown Today podcast, Tiger Woods hospitalized after a car crash early Tuesday morning. Host Peter Bukowski gives you the latest details. Get more of the sports news from all around the sports world that you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. You can subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so key takeaways from this game. Um, number one, and we'll, we'll talk more about Anthony Edwards in the Studs and Duds segment. Spoiler alert. Um, Anthony Edwards has really struggled over the last four games, uh, to say the least. He shot 12 of 53, including the game against Milwaukee, going back to last game, uh, last week's game against Indiana, which, um, and in between, I mean, he had the dunk against the Raptors in between. That was, what, Friday night. Uh, but overall, over the last four games, including Tuesday against the Bucks, he's 12 of 53 shooting from the floor. That's 22.6%, three makes in each game. He was three for 13 in this one. Um, just not good shot selection overall. He's really only making catch and shoot threes at this point. He doesn't look confident going to the basket and he's trying to do too much with the ball in his hands. We'll talk more about him here in a minute, but that was my number one takeaway in terms of the Wolves offense in this one. And they tried to get him involved, especially in the third quarter. And maybe not so coincidentally, that's when things really went downhill was at the, the first part, middle part of the third quarter. Um, there were some weird things. And I referenced this before, before the break. Um, I, I mean, Bobby Portis made two threes in this game and both times the Wolves had a defender who could have closed out on him, but instead stayed like an arm's length back and closed out in a really controlled way. And Portis is, he could shoot threes. I mean, he's like, he shot like 50% from three this year. Um, so that was very weird. Um, also Malik Beasley kept ending up in, uh, guarding bigs in the post, which is, it makes no sense. Uh, now the Bucks are good at getting mismatches and we'll credit them for that. But there were at least two possessions, one in particular that I remember when when he ended up on Bobby Portis in the post. And it was just, I think it was off a of make on the other end of the floor. It wasn't in transition. There wasn't any sort of action the Bucks ran to get the switch. Somehow Malik Beasley was just matched up with Bobby Portis in the post. Portis predictably took him into the paint and scored. There was a time in the second quarter where Beasley ended up switched on to Giannis in the post. The Wolves are sometimes doing this to themselves, other times allowing themselves to be schemed into these bad positions and not recovering properly. They're not communicating defensively, simply not getting themselves in the best position to succeed on the defensive end of the floor. And that's been a recurring theme. Again, we've talked about this on the show quite frequently. The defense has been better than the offense this year, which is shocking and and frankly appalling. Um, but it also hasn't been very good. And, and they're, I mean, hence the league's worst team in terms of record, is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They haven't been good at either end of the floor. The consistent issues on defense um, are, are 
obviously a massive problem. One of the biggest problems continues to be Malik Beasley. And and it feels like every game there's three or four blow-bys where he's just standing there and his his man just blows right past him to the rim, creates something. Beasley puts his teammates in a bad position to foul or Beasley himself creates a foul trailing somebody into the paint. Rubio had one or two again in this game where it was just a simple, just got beat. Uh, beat off the dribble at the point of attack and it doesn't make any sense why it's so easy. And then the communication on the back end of the defense and, and Towns, again, has been pretty good defensively this year. Um, you know, at worst, he's been really kind of average and and that's an improvement over where he's been in past seasons. Not his fault. It's mostly the perimeter defense. Nasri's been okay on the back end. He's been getting lost in pick and roll coverage less for the most part this year, not necessarily in this game. He did not have a good game. We'll talk more about Nas later. Um, but the Wolves defensive breakdowns, especially in the perimeter, are just a consistent problem. And then related to that, but not necessarily just point of attack defenses, is just not getting through ball screens. Um, D'Angelo Russell's notorious for just kind of giving up when he gets screened, and and that's probably, it is his biggest issue defensively, and obviously that's a massive issue in a pick-and-roll heavy league. Um but it's not just Malik Beasley. I mean, it's everybody. Even Ricky Rubio at times just kind of, you know, is calling for a switch and just kind of shrugs his shoulders and, and gives up. Um, Jordan McLaughlin's probably the least, uh, probably the least of the problems in terms of, of of lack of fight, you know, trying to get through screens. But almost every wing on this roster, Jalen Noel, has been a problem doing that. Um, uh, it's been a huge problem for him. And it just continues to crop up. And against a team like the Bucks, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, of course that's going to lead to them. They were shooting, the Bucks were shooting over 50% from deep in this game until the game was already well in hand. It was like a 20-point game in the fourth quarter before their percentage sunk below 50%. And they still shot 47.6% from deep on the game, 20 of 42. And it's a lot of it was because the Wolves just simply weren't fighting through screens. And um, I'm sure Chris Finch was just like, Man, I you know I showed up. All I asked these guys to do is play hard, and and the defensive effort was frankly really really bad in this game. Um, and and there's nothing more obvious than watching guys just kind of wilt when they run into a screen. And you know that's that right there is effort. It's nothing else. Um, you know there's obviously communication and there's some technique to it, but it's mostly effort. And and that that was a problem um, defensively. Um, the good thing, the good takeaways from this game, Carlton Towns obviously distributed the ball extremely well, had 11 assists to only three turnovers. It wasn't all from that mid post, um, you know, the Jokic spot, uh, which I will, I guess, affectionately call it for now. Um, it, it was also from the low post. He had a couple of assists. There was one he kicked from the left, the left block out to the right corner to Jalen Noel when he was doubled in the second quarter. That was a great pass. He had a couple of nice passes on cuts uh, where he was he was on the perimeter and Beasley, you know, was curling around a screen um, and then got to the basket for a floater or for a layup on a Towns pass. Uh, just a good game from Towns in terms of distributing and and. As I mentioned earlier, they didn't run a ton of those Denver-esque sets in this game. Um, and I don't know how much of it it's going to look like the Nuggets offense from four years ago versus the Pelicans offense from the last few years versus some new concepts that, you know, Pablo Prigioni works on with with Finch. You know, who knows? Um, but it wasn't like they just took the Nuggets playbook and installed it. And it wasn't like they were doing quite the same thing because Towns didn't have double-digit assists in any other game this year and, and didn't come close, I don't think, at any point um, this season to having double-digit assists. So it clearly he was used a little differently. Um, and I don't know if it was subconsciously he was just looking to pass more often because he felt like that's what was going to happen in, in Finch's offense. Uh, but he clearly was looking to pass more often. Also, what I would take as a good sign 
go back and watch Towns' six three-point attempts. I think all of them, but like one, were basically wide open attempts and he just missed. Um, and most of them were were straightaway threes, which he shoots a really high percentage on straightaway threes. He had one that rattled in and out that was wide open. Um, they ran a pick and roll midway through the second quarter. Both defenders went with Rubio. Towns didn't have anybody in five, within five, six, seven feet of him. And it just rimmed out. Um, there were just some misses that Towns usually makes. And if he gets six or seven threes a game and they're all open, he's going to make three or four threes a game. And if we can put an ink that Towns is getting three and a half, four threes per game made, that he's making three or four threes per game, then we know that the Wolves offense is clicking. We know that there's been a lot of pressure put on the defense. Minnesota's obviously scoring a lot more points if that's the case. Towns is being more effective. It opens up his post game as well. And it's not all going to be coming off of the pick and roll game. As Finch has said already, they're not simply going to run pick and roll every time down the floor. It's going to be a tool in their toolbox, but not their entire offense. Um, and I was it was encouraging to me that Towns was able to get so many open shots. We'll talk about his line and shot distribution here in just a minute. Um, but but by and large, I uh, was very impressed with the actions the Wolves were running to get the shots that they wanted. Um, oh, one other thing I should note, Jalen Noel had some really solid minutes in this game um, and most of his best minutes were in the second quarter. The Wolves ran some really interesting actions for him to get him some mid-range shots kind of right around the elbows, right around the free throw line. And he's really good from that area. He's more dynamic than most of the Wolves' other wings, obviously offensively more dynamic than a Josh Kogi or a Jarrett Culver um, or, you know, a Jake Lehman, um, you know, any of the Wolves' point guards in that sense, at least because he has the ability to get all the way to the rim and shoot from deep. Um, but he's very comfortable in the mid-range. And I'm very curious to see what he would be able to do in, in Chris Finch's offense over time if he does, uses that spark plug off the bench. He struggled more lately, but he's... I think his role off the bench needs to be more than, hey, stand in the corner and knock down threes. It feels like if he has a couple of plays run for him per game where he's getting the ball in his hands and going downhill, pulling up from the free throw line and knocking down mid-range shots, getting to the rim and getting fouled, his confidence is going to skyrocket. He's going to knock down those open threes when he gets to play with Carl Anthony Towns and you know gets to maybe get mixed in with some of the first team guys. I think that's a smart approach for Finch, and I think he wanted to see what he had in Noel calling a couple of plays for him. Um, in this game. And, and he looked good. Um, and I, I'm, I'm bullish on Noel. I think he's going to be a solid pro and he struggled a little bit lately. So it was really good to see in this one. Um, next, I want to do individual studs and duds, and then we'll just peek at, at Wolves Bulls um, Wednesday night's game uh, on the back half of the back to back. But first, let's talk about our great friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I guarantee it. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. Today, I had a delicious uh, caramel brownie um, built bar. And, uh, it was amazing. Um, also favorite flavors include mint brownie, toffee, almond, orange, cherry, barcia, banana bread is fantastic. Caramel brownie is one of the six new flavors. There's 18 total flavors and they're always releasing limited edition flavors, um, here and there. Every single built bar is covered in hundred percent chocolate. They're all soft. They're all easy to chew. I'm in a routine now. I have one every single day on my way home from work. They're perfect if you're health conscious. They can help you lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat that, again, and I'll I'll say this till I'm blue in the face, they taste exactly like a candy bar. I'm not kidding you. I look forward to it every single day. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high in protein and high in fiber. Perfect if you're on a keto diet. You can go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is now only a few weeks away. 
And the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's talk about individual studs and duds from this game. Um, pretty easy, actually, for this one. Studs, Carl Anthony Towns, 26 points, 11 assists, two, excuse me, eight rebounds, only two boards away from a triple-double. He had a steal, no blocks, did have three turnovers, but he shot 10 of 19 from the field, only one of six outside the arc. That means he was nine of 13 inside the arc on two-point attempts. He was very good in the post in this game. He was five for five on free-throw attempts, had a couple of and-ones in this game, um, was really, really good offensively. Again, one of six outside the arcs, that's an, outside the arc, that's an anomaly for him. He's usually making at least two out of six. Um uh, on a night like this. And then that line looks that much better. If he makes three out of six, he's got over 30 points, grabs a couple of rebounds. And we're all talking about how Carl Anthony Towns had a triple double. He was really good. The, um, the gravity of his talent is huge in this offense. And I'm so excited to see how Chris Finch uses him moving forward, um, to, to really wreak havoc on defenses. He was very, very good in this game. Um, Malik Beasley had 26 points, 10 of 16 shooting, from Malik, six of nine outside the arc, did not get to the free throw line and only had one rebound, but he did have four assists and a steal, just two turnovers. Again, 26 points on 16 shots, six made threes. The Timberwolves will take that every night of the week. Um, so he gets a second stud for this game. If we're going to give a third one, it's probably Jalen Noel. I mean, it's either him. It's probably him. I mean, the point guards both were okay. Both McLaughlin and Rubio were good. Um, so we'll talk about Noel first. He had 13 points on five of 10 shooting, three of six on threes, and two of four inside the arc, made a couple of, of jumpers right around the free throw line. He did have four rebounds and assists and a steal, which is a little unusual for Noel. One of the knocks on him this year has been that he doesn't do much besides shoot the ball. He doesn't get assists, steals, rebounds, blocks, any of that stuff. He doesn't get the free throw line enough, and he didn't in this game either. But overall, a good game from Noel. The Wolves point guards combined to have a solid game, if not, I mean, not spectacular, but combined Rubio McLaughlin had 21 points. Uh, they shot seven of 17 from the field, a surprising, uh, five of 11 from outside the arc. McLaughlin hit three threes. Rubio hit two. They combined for 10 assists to only two turnovers. So a decent game for the point guards combined. Now their one stood out, um, as having a great game. Rubio committed five fouls in 23 minutes, which is why he only played 23 minutes. Um, so McLaughlin actually outplayed him in terms of, of minutes played in this game. Um, but a solid game from the point guards. On the Duds side of things, um, Nas Reed's one of them. He just didn't have a good game. Five points, two of seven shooting, one of six outside the arc. He only attempted one two-pointer in this game, had five points, seven rebounds, in 15 minutes, which is good for him. Uh, but he was a team worst minus 25 struggled a bit defensively. He had one really nice block at the rim. Um, but his shot selection wasn't great. The bucks were leaving him open and, and he wasn't making them pay. The wolves actually ran a couple of actions to, to get Reed into the corner where he's been very good shooting threes from the corner this year and in his career. Um, but they just didn't go down consistently for Nas in this game. So 5.7 rebounds, but five points came on seven shots and uh, a minus 25 in 15 minutes, which is frankly really hard to do. And, and, and he did it. Um, another dud in this one, probably should have mentioned this one first, but Anthony Edwards shot three of 13 again. He was three of eight outside the arc. That means he was 0 of five on two point shots, did not attempt a free throw, um, had 9.6 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, but he had four turnovers. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Ant was just pressing. 
They ran a couple of actions to kind of spread the floor where he was the second option and got the ball in essentially in a five out set in isolation and attacked, but he was a little bit hesitant. He wasn't really being aggressive at the rim. He was trying to create for others, which is really nice. Um, and it's what the wolves want him to do, but he's not quite decisive enough yet where he's, he's still kind of, you know, am I taking the step back three? Am I attacking in slow motion, you know, with the intention of passing, or am I going right at the rim and trying to dunk on someone it's almost like he's caught in between all those things at times and then kind of predetermines, all right, I'm going to pass on this play. And if it's not there, instead of trying to power his way to the rim, he tries to force a pass. And and we saw that several times in this game. He ended up with the four turnovers, but just a really difficult game for Anthony Edwards, unfortunately. But um, hopefully Finch and, and the coaching staff can give him more confidence and tell him, hey, man, like, you know, outside of Carl Anthony Towns, he's the guy that you want attacking. He's the guy you want with the ball in his hands. In some of these situations, he's just got to be more decisive. And Ant said as much in, in pregame media availability. He said something to the effect of, Coach Finch wants us to be decisive. If we're going to make a mistake, make the mistake quickly. No, you know, Have an idea of what you're going to do before you get the ball and then make those decisions and go read and react. And, and I mean, he's 19. He's in, he's what, uh, 32 games now. This was his 32nd NBA game. Of course, those mistakes are going to happen. So, um, you know, in the context of this game, he was one of the worst players on the floor doesn't mean anything beyond this game other than um, it was just a bad game for Ant. He's only made three shots in each of the last four games. And again, shooting 22.6% over those last four games with three makes per night um, and double digit misses each night as well. So tough game for Ant. Um, All in all, though, the key takeaways are the offense definitely looked cleaner, yet with more movement, less, certainly less stagnant. Um, Towns looks like he's going to love playing in this offense, and I think he'll be effective. The Wolves are going to be trying are going to try and be creative to get Beasley, um, you know, getting getting into some of these off ball actions to to get him some jumpers and also some some catches in the paint. Try and get him the ball on cuts. Um, I talked a little bit the other day on the show uh, on Monday, I think it was about the high level of cutting in both the Pelicans offense when Finch was there and the Nuggets when Finch was there, both teams that didn't score a ton on cuts until he got there. And Beasley's a pretty good cutter. He's not a, a huge player, but he's long and he's athletic. He's got great touch. He should be very effective as a cutter. Anthony Edwards has been great as a cutter to this point in his NBA career. He just doesn't cut enough. He doesn't. They're not calling plays for Edwards as a cutter, and Edwards isn't a natural cutter yet. He's not realizing when he should be cutting to the basket and looking for a pass. And that's been an issue to this point for Ant. But if that's something that Finch can teach Edwards and run more plays for Beasley to do that, and that's also a place where Josh Kogi and even Jarrett Culver can be successful when he gets healthy is as a cutter. Um, I have high hopes for Towns as a passer and all those guys as cutters in this offense. And there's a lot to like there. The defense, again, was terrible. The effort wasn't great there. We didn't talk about rebounding or free throw shooting, but both those things were bad. The Wolves only attempted nine free throws in this game to the Bucks, 18 free throw attempts. The Wolves were out rebounded by nine. Um, they gave up nine offensive rebounds in this one to the Bucks. So all those all those numbers were bad for the Timberwolves. And, and that was mostly an effort thing on the defensive end of the floor than anything else, which obviously needs to, to turn itself around. Okay. The wolves are up, are going down, I guess, from Milwaukee to Chicago for a Wednesday night date with 
Newly minted all-star Zach Levine, who has been fantastic this year. He's been, I mean, you'd call him an offensive all-star the past two or three years at least. Uh, but now his game's finally kind of rounded into shape. The Bulls are winning enough that he was able to get a, a, a nod as an all-star this year. The Bulls have won four of their last five games. They're 14 and 16 on the season. They're very much in the player the playoff conversation in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, and it's, you know, happy for Zach Levine. I mean, he's a great dude. A lot of fun to watch when he was in Minnesota. And and at the time, and I'll say this, I'll, I'll just remind everybody, I said this at the time, I guess I wasn't doing the podcast, but at Dunking with Wolves, I wrote about this at the time. The Wolves could have traded Andrew Wiggins in the deal. I would have done it 10 times out of 10 before Zach Levine. And there's plenty of rumors that they tried, but ultimately Glenn Taylor was, you know, it didn't want to give up Andrew Wiggins in a deal like that for Jimmy Butler and ended up trading Zach Levine. And, and who knows exactly what happened. Um, but Levine is now an all-star and he's been really good this year. He's shooting 43.4% from three, 28.6 points per game. And the Bulls have, um, under Billy Donovan, they have a really middle of the pack offense, middle of the pack defense, and that's enough to be a roughly 500 team. Um, Minnesota could struggle with, with the Bulls. You know, they're another top 10 three-point shooting team. They're another team that um, rebounds the ball fairly well in the defensive glass. They're, they're certainly a better rebounding team than the Wolves. And those are the telltale signs of a team that Minnesota is really going to struggle with. Obviously they've struggled with a lot of teams this year. They're seven and 25, but that's the profile of a team that Minnesota um, struggles against. Um, The bulls also play very fast. They're one of the few teams that plays faster than the wolves and teams that are comfortable playing fast can really put pressure on Minnesota because they can get runouts. Minnesota is a bad rebounding team. Uh, they don't get back in transition well. They don't communicate well in transition, uh, in, in defensively in transition. And so a team like the Bulls should be able to get some easy baskets against the Wolves. Um, so that, that'll that be something to look out for on Wednesday night. Hopefully, uh that's not the case. And hopefully the Wolves can play harder in game two of Chris Finch's Timberwolves career than they did on the defensive end of the floor in game one. Of course, we'll be back after the game on Wednesday with the post game pod. Quick reaction after the game, a breakdown of game two of the Finch era, as well as a peek ahead at the rest of the week. As a reminder, if you're new to the show, this is a daily Monday through Friday podcast. We'll also have weekend post-game podcasts. The Wolves actually have a weird schedule upcoming. They're off both Thursday and Friday, but they have a back-to-back Saturday-Sunday Um, a road game Saturday, home game Sunday. So um, we'll have weekend podcasts this week as well. So be sure that you are on the lookout for that. Otherwise, that's all we have for you today here on the podcast. A quick reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, anywhere else that you like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon. It's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Also, if you missed Tuesday's show, I had Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets on the show. We talked about all things um, Chris Finch and his time in Denver in the 2016-17 season, what he did for Nikola Jokic, also what he did with the New Orleans Pelicans teams with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Um, So Adam had some really interesting perspective there. We also talked a little bit about some of the former Nuggets that are now in Minnesota, including his take on Jared Vanderbilt, which I thought was interesting to hear what he thought about Vando and his his future and his potential in the league. So be sure to listen to Tuesday's show if you did miss it. Otherwise, that's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.